Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm delighted that you could join us this evening. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And last week, if you listened, I went to Ohio to a funeral. My Uncle Dick passed away and was with all the family in Columbus, and and they did a beautiful send-off for him, beautiful funeral, and we had a ball all being together. So thank you for your thoughts and prayers. I appreciate that. And um, and we've got a couple of callers this evening, so I'll get to them. And then I also have some questions that people have submitted online. So I'll get to as many of those as I can this evening as well. So our first caller, I believe, is Kathy. Hi, Kathy, are you with us? I am. Hi, Julie. Hi, girl. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. What's happening? Um, well, we're getting ready for Miss Katie the cat surgery this coming Thursday. I guess what day is today? Saturday or Friday? Friday. So yeah. next Thursday is her surgery. So um, tell, remind remind everybody what's going on with her. Yes, she is having um, the, all of her remaining teeth removed. She will be toothless uh-huh. after this. You decided to take them all out, huh? Um, there's not very many left. I didn't realize how few teeth she has. Everything, wow. all of her canines are already out from the last surgery, and two of her four eye teeth are already out from the last surgery. So, um, but the vet feels pretty strongly that she's still having a, a. Her body is basically, you know, not handling those teeth well and kind of attacking them. So it's a, they think some kind of an autoimmune response. So, um, and he said, you know, usually cats can do absolutely fine, and cats who have this problem do much better once all the teeth are out. Um, And last, uh, there was a, I don't remember if it was one of the group calls or an individual call with you that you had said that you you saw that Katie did need more teeth removed. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Well, I had no idea before I met you through these calls that, Cats lose their teeth like that. I've never had a cat. I never heard of that. I mean, that's just, yeah. it's just such an interesting concept. But I guess if they're in the wild and their teeth need to come out, they probably just fall out, I would think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, ah. So I, I think the only, I mean, as far as a question for you, um, they're, well, they they gave me, when we were in that day, um, they the vet wanted me to put her on um, metronidazole um, okay. for basically um, diarrhea because she was having diarrhea. Um, and I know we, uh, I think you and I had talked about the possibility of fecal parasites, but they did a test and the test came back negative for that. Okay. So, so my I haven't given her the metronidazole because when I read about it online, some cats have a horrible reaction to, to it, like to the point of where they die. And I was, oh, so I've been a little. So when I asked the question, is it in Katie the cat's best interest to give her this medicine? I'm getting a no, but I don't know if that's the actual answer or just my fear talking. I got a no too when you were telling me about it. Um, okay. I, I'm, yeah, I'm getting a no as well. So, um, yeah, that's really scary when you see a side effect for any kind of medication for a human or a pet that says one of the side effect possibilities is death. <laughs> like, yeah. yes, really? Did you still make it? Yeah. Did you still want to prescribe it? 
<laughs> yeah. amazing. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a no on that, too, Kathy. What, uh, so he wanted, is, is she better, though? You know, without she the medicine? Is, she is, uh, she is better. She's definitely better. As a matter of fact, um, she had, uh, has had several really good days of playing a lot again. So she's seeing, I mean, she still has some nausea. She still drools some and, and her tummy gets upset, but she's much better than she was. Whatever that good. diarrhea patch was, she seems to be true, thankfully. Right. Great, great, great. Wonderful. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, good luck with her surgery on Thursday and shoot me an email. Oh, let me know how it goes. Or call I in next Thursday and let us all know. Yeah, I will do that. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. I appreciate you calling in. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. I believe our next caller is Brent. Hi, Brent. Are you with us? Hello. Yes. Good day. Hello. Hello. I'm well. How are you, sir? I am fine. A little weary feeling, but fine. Yeah. Did you have a busy day? Oh, God, yes. Um, We're uh, consolidating offices. Oh, yeah. That's and we're technically fun. homeless, thanks to state regulations. <laughs> oh my! What kind of business yeah, is it? Uh, I, I actually, uh, my my day work is is um, employment services for the state. Um, I help okay. veterans find employment. Oh, wonderful! Thanks for your service, and thanks for their service. You're welcome. Thank you. Are you a veteran, Brent? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well, thank you for your service, too. What branch were you in? Navy CB. Oh, my, the bridge builders. <laughs> Among other things, yes. Yeah, yeah. Explain to everybody what the CBs do. Uh, well, we we build things. We make airstrips. We make, you know, when the Marines are supposed to go in first, we're, we're building a camp so they have someplace to sleep when they're done mm-hmm. or fly in or whatever whatever is needed. So do you go into enemy territory and do that too or um yeah I mean part of our mission can be you know we have this this um what we call rapid response uh, or rapid runway response is where we have a team that can be dropped into any like a jungle area and in like 96 hours or whatever have a complete landing field built Wow that's amazing and and and, and we do have the capacities to defend what we do you know, we're not well, the Marines. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're Navy. Again. But don't you guys build a lot of dams and control waterways and just like that, too? You're thinking you of like the Army Corps of Engineers. That's, that's a little no, different. But, they're, I ne- but I thought the Seabees did that some of that stuff, too. Maybe not. We, we do all kinds of things. I mean, you know, we've done two-story monolithic pours that nobody else has done, um, at least back in them days. Um, you know... We, we could have, uh, you know, yeah. if we, you give me some blueprints and we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> there you go. Well, please tell, uh, please tell everybody where you're calling from this evening. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm calling from Brokadero, Oklahoma. Okay. And how are things in Oklahoma? Darn warm. Yeah, I bet. Well, it's summertime. It's supposed to be, right? <sighs> yeah, it's supposed to be, I guess. But, you know, when it's 80 and 80. At 8 o'clock in the morning, it, it, it's, you know, a little worrisome. <laughs> right, right. Oh, gosh. Well, did you have a question for me this evening? Yes, actually. Um, I, I thought I'd try to think, of, hopefully, a little lighter. Um, I, I was curious about a past life influence. Or, or oh, yeah. More, more accurately, what past life is most influencing this life? And then, you know, what issues in this life am I dealing with? Or from, from that life am I dealing with? Okay. What I find, Brent, is when we're doing past life stuff, and what a great question. I love doing them because they're so much fun because you can Google the information that we get and then get validation for some of the stuff and read more about whatever the information is that we get. But what I find is we all live so many lifetimes and we all have so many past lives that if we can pinpoint something in particular, it makes it better because... When I ask about something, you know, are there any past lives that are influencing Brent's current lifetime? There's going to be a bazillion of them. So if there's, seriously, so if there's something in particular 
that you want to know about, let's talk about that. Or we can just pretend we're at the craps table and I'll just say, show me the lifetime that's influencing this lifetime the most. I mean, we can do that yeah, too. That, that, but that, that, was, that was the question I was, yeah, the most. I, I must have left that off there. I'll try to read my notes. <laughs> the yeah, most. Or, or, yes, or the most is, influential. Okay. Or is there something about the past life that's influencing this life the most, is there some certain aspect of that past life that's influencing an aspect in your current life that you want to know about? Correct. Okay. Is I mean, there an I, I don't have a particular... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, uh, not exactly. I mean, there's different issues. I, I'm always looking to improve, improve myself. <clears throat> so okay. so right. I was looking just for... Yeah, where I need to improve myself and, where, and, and declare that. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what comes up just for fun. We'll just throw sure, it to sure. the wind and, and see right. what comes up. All right. So how I do this past life stuff, and you may have heard this before, but to first-time listeners, this may be the first time you've heard me do this. Um, I raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit. And I envision myself walking down this endless hallway. And it has probably has really tall ceilings, maybe 20 foot, foot tall ceilings. And on either, it's real narrow, Brent, and on either side of this hallway are walls. And floor to ceiling, they have these 20 inch by 20 inch square mirrors, like just solid square mirrors. They're all individual, but tons of them. And so as I'm walking down the hallway, I'm going to say, can you show me a past life one of Brent's past lives that is most influencing his current life. And then those mirrors, the ones that, that are applicable to that question will come out from the wall. It's almost like there's a hydraulic arm behind them and they come out from the wall. And then I'll say, show me the one that is the most applicable in this situation. And then that one will come out the furthest. And what I'll do is I'll imagine myself walking into that mirror and I'm going to be shown some kind of a scene. It's almost like I'm watching a little mini movie in my head. My eyes are closed and it's like I have a big screen TV in my head. And so what will happen is I'll be given where it is, a little bit about what's going on. Most of the time I'm given a date, like a year of when it transpired, and a little bit about what you're doing. And then we'll figure out, I'll ask, so how does this correlate with what you're currently living in this lifetime? And we'll figure that out. And if it's something that is that you perceive to be negatively affecting you, I can clear, I can help you clear the past life cellular memory because we have cellular memory that we carry from lifetime to lifetime and oftentimes that memory from a past life even though we're not conscious of it it affects our behavior and it affects our lives so I can clear it if you want me to and I'll ask you do you want me to clear it or you want to you want to leave it the way that it is (laughs) So I'll you know, it's right kind of, now, clear me, <laughs> clear me, clear me, clear me. But it's a, but it's a, it's an interesting option, and let's just see what comes up. Yes, and please. it may, it may be something that you don't want to clear. Oh, so okay, okay. You okay. know, maybe maybe you were um, Leonardo da Vinci's assistant, and he was a wonderful um, engineer hmm. back in the day. I mean, I'm just. throwing that out there for fun but okay so here we go all right so i'm envisioning myself walking down this hallway show me any past lifetimes that are currently affect okay well so every square is coming out on the wall (laughs) every life there's hundreds of them which is what i knew already before we did this exercise okay so show me the one that correlates the most with Brent's current lifetime. Okay, there's five of them that have come out. Show me the one of the five that is the most applicable to Brent's current lifetime. At this moment in his current lifetime, okay, one came out further. So just because it's been applicable in your lifetime, it might be that it was applicable when you were a kid or, you know, so. All right. So Thank you. All right. So I'm going in. You know, you've heard me say, Brent, spirits are really literal. 
I think they were all potty trained too early. They're all just really <laughs> anal retentive. <laughs> I think, I think, I don't know, but potty training shouldn't really have an effect in spirit form, but I, I'm just, you know, I'm being facetious, obviously. All right. So I'm walking into this. Oh, you're, you're, um, the year 707 AD. Okay. So in the year 707, you're in, you, you live in the Amazon. You belong to a jungle, um, like native, native Amazonian tribe. Uh, okay. So when you Google images, Amazonian, you know, I would say Amazon tribal people, 707 AD, you'll see a picture of what I'm seeing. You know, you kind of look like the boy from Jungle Book, the movie. <laughs> did you ever see Did you ever see Jungle Book as a kid? I know they've made they've made remakes of it in recent years, but you've got, you know, you got like the little covering around your parts, your private parts, yeah. and um and you've got long hair. You've got beads around your upper arm and around your neck. You have a, like a spear that you're carrying with you. You've got kind of longish hair. You're, um, you're, it, how you're appearing to me is somebody that's probably mid to late teens. That's why I said Jungle Boy. You look like the Jungle Boy, but maybe a little bit older. Um Okay, so what are you doing? Oh, you're the grandson of the medicine man in the tribe. How about that? So everybody, Brent's called in before, and tell everybody what you do along those lines, (laughs) Uh, the medicine man stuff. Yes, so I am a shaman, an energy healer. Uh, I do Reiki and Akashic Records and, and all those all those fun things. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that would make sense. All right. So let me see what's up with this. So your grandfather looks pretty elderly. He's probably not, but he's, I get he's in his 60s. And back then, that was probably fairly elderly for somebody to live that long. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Your father has been killed, so your grandfather is your father. He's your surrogate father. He's the father figure for you. You don't have a father. Your mother is alive. You have a younger sibling, but it's a, who's a sister. You have a girl, but the medicine man thing is only for men. They don't they don't teach the women about it. It's a it's a male thing. It's a prestige thing in the tribe. Is what I'm getting. And you're learning this stuff from your grandfather. You're learning the medicine man stuff. So he's teaching you about herbs. He's teaching you about um, evil spirits, about how to pull in the spirits. They're very um, like the American Indians were and, and I don't know that much about the Amazonian tribal people, but my guess is what I'm getting is there's a lot of animal spirit uh, lore in their tribes, you know, in their cultures, like there are with the American Indians. And you know I, a lot about that, I would think, as a shaman. Um, so. Yeah, okay. So, all right, what in particular is affecting Brett in this light, your curiosity about it. You're wanting to know more. This is coming, your curiosity about all this healing stuff is coming from, you know, this past lifetime and my guess is many others as well. Okay. And let me see what else I can get. Your ability to help the wounded. Do you have, uh, interestingly enough, I didn't know that you worked with veterans. Do you work with a lot of wounded veterans or disabled veterans? <laughs> Actually, that's, yeah, my, my prime um, uh, demographics, if you will, is I, my, uh, my mandate by, by the, our federal grant is to help veterans with severe barriers to employment. 
So yes, that is my prime target. Okay, so you, that that is the correlate. That's a really big correlation. That plus all the medicine man thing, but the really big correlation that your grandfather back in the 700s um, in the Amazon was teaching you how to take care of the wounded, kind of like the Wounded Warriors Project back then in your past life when you were living in the Amazon. And it sounds like you're still taking care of wounded warriors now, what we would call wounded warriors. Absolutely. That's interesting, isn't it? Huh. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, all right, let me see if there's anything else that you need to know. I'm getting that it's, your grandfather taught you, and it's really important in your capacity in this lifetime, is to remember to not only heal physically, but to help them heal their spirits because their spirits are so wounded. And you know that better than anybody. You work with them, these guys and gals all the time. So um, the spiritual part of you, if you can convey that, in your work with them, that's going to benefit them tremendously. The spiritual side of the equation. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, to be and you're honest, probably yeah. already doing that, right? Yes, I, I am. Uh, most of them don't, don't realize it. Um, <laughs> however, I bet. Um, you know, I, I was very blessed. Uh, before I got the job I have now, I had just recently started, um, well, I had been doing shaman training off and on for a while, uh, but due to interruptions and, and you know, things, um, I got pulled away. So I had really gotten back into it, was, uh, say, maybe half or three-quarters through the training when I started this job. Had I not had that training, it probably would have killed me because of the first few years I was working it, uh, it was right during, like, 2008 and 2009 and all that when things were crashing, and it was it was tough. This, people mm-hmm. came in, in some bad places, and, and I was very I blessed. That had I not had that training, <laughs> I would have taken it home with me. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a very, very, you know, they say you, you're in the right place at the right time, you know, and, right. and I know I can be an impatient. However, I can, I can attest that you, you get what you need when you need it. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, I think from what I'm getting, there are a lot of correlations here between what you're currently doing and what you did in that lifetime. Interesting. Yeah. So I, is there anything that you want me to clear? I would think this is all really beneficial, Brent. Yeah. Oh, this one here was, was it's actually, so what I was kind of expecting was actually a, a little different era. However, that's what you get for, you know, when you ask, you don't know what's important. What I think is important may not be that important. You know what I mean? Well, and I think it gives you the opportunity to focus on the things that are really assets for you and assets not only for you personally, but assets in you doing your work and really um, really uh, helping the wounded warriors and helping your population of clients really in a way that is so beneficial to them that they're perhaps not going to get from somebody else. And I don't believe in coincidences. So whoever's assigned, <laughs> whoever's assigned to you is supposed to be with you. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's, that is, uh, yeah, you couldn't say any better. Um, I mean, what I, was, what I was rambling on about earlier is that the, the, the life that I was kind of thought was important or that was influential or, or, or you know, a problem, if you will, maybe, was completely different. So that, yeah. that's, that's great because now I've learned, I've learned something new and this obviously wasn't the thing I should be focusing on. Or this is, well, this is the thing I'm supposed to focus on, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, and I think, I think everybody that is alive is alive for a reason. You know, we're all valuable. We all have our self-proclaimed missions, whether we know what they are or not, or whether they're just subconscious. Like in your case, I mean, yours is cellular memory that's propelling you. I mean, people just don't wake up one day and decide, okay, I want to work with veterans who are wounded. And I, I just don't think that's something that people necessarily, that would be something that they would choose on their own. Obviously, you've been led to that, um, to that work. And, and it's pretty obvious to me as to why, based on that past life 
experience. So, yeah, that's a good indicator, I think. <laughs> yeah. So go Google 700 AD Amazon jungle or Amazonian tribes or something, and you'll you'll see what you looked like at the time. I think it's interesting too. How old are you now? <laughs> I'm I'm a uh, uh, 54. Okay, because I was thinking it would. It's interesting to me that you sh- that in that past life you came in as somebody who was a teenager. I would say like maybe sixteen, fifteen, sixteen is the vision that I saw of you in that lifetime. So, what do you get from that? I know there's something there with that. Have you been interested in this stuff since you were a teenager? Um. Well, yes and no. I mean, so all my life I've loved plants. Of, you know, things that grow, things that are healthy. Uh, you know, um, I've always liked helping people. And, you know, not that I've... I didn't always follow those those things. As a kid, you like to do things, and you get drifted off onto cultural stuff or whatever, you know, your, what your friends are doing. However, right. you know, being an earth keeper has always been something in, in, in my spirit. Or if I'd see... Uh, movies with shaman or, or Inca shaman or any kind of healer, I'd always have this kind of like um, a pang or, a, or you know, a draw. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's always been there. It's only been the last decade or so that I really um, acknowledged it and, and let, it, let it go, if you will. Well, so that's what it is. It's like, have you ever met anybody, Brent, where when you meet them, you feel like, oh, my gosh, I've known this person my whole life. And chances are good you right. were together in one or many past lives, and it's just soul memory that's coming to the right, front right. forefront. And, and frankly, the reason why we don't consciously remember this stuff is because each lifetime when we incarnate, we want to have the experience of that lifetime and what, what the trajectory of what we've chosen before we're conceived, what we want to learn or what we want to experience for that matter. And if we remember all this past life stuff, then it's going to affect our experience and what we've come here planning to experience. So I think it's fascinating. I think it's really fun to go see past life stuff and see the correlation. But I also understand why we don't consciously remember all this stuff. Now, we'll have deja vu things, and sometimes things come to us in dreams. But I think this is a really strong correlation with that past life for you and also what you're doing in this lifetime, especially at this moment in your life, moment in time. So thanks for a great question. I appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate you, you too, and thank you for you all bet. you do. Okay. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye, bye, Brent. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's go to a question that was submitted online, and uh, that this one comes from Kelly, and Kelly lives in Saline, Michigan. And Kelly, I'm sorry if I botched that. It looks like Saline to me. Maybe it's Saline or some other pronunciation, but we'll say Saline for now. And she said, hi, Julie, my husband told me about your services. A question came up while listening to your show. I was wondering how the 12 phases of death are different, if at all, for someone who is rapidly killed, like in a murder or a car accident, versus the slower transitions you spoke of on the recent show. All right, a little bit of background. Um, I... When I'm scanning somebody who's dying, everybody goes through what I call the 12 phases of transition. And it involves angels and deceased loved ones and deceased pets who are around the person who's dying to help them transition back into non-physical and go to heaven, help their spirit go to heaven. And everybody goes to heaven, by the way, regardless of how bad you think somebody is. Like the worst criminal, terrorist, awful person you can imagine, everybody goes to heaven. We're all here to have the life experience in this lifetime, and there's no judgment afterwards. So all that judgment stuff, I believe, based on all the research I've done and based on all the stuff I've seen with this spiritual stuff I've done for over 20 years, there is no judgment. It's just neutral. We humans judge, and all of that judgment stuff has been put in place by religions and cultures in order to control the masses. So there you go for that. All right. So here's my response to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Great question. Everyone goes through the 12 phases of transition regardless of how they die. 
In the case of what we would normally consider an instant or quick death, like a homicide, suicide, or accident, the dying person goes through all 12 phases in an instant. Likewise, when someone experiences a slower transition over days, weeks, or months, the 12 phases will happen over a prolonged period of time. Keep in mind how we experience time in human form, what's known as linear time, isn't the same as what's experienced in the non-physical realm. For example, 100 years in our reality may be the equivalent of a second in heaven. The most important thing to remember is, no matter how anyone dies, every one of us is surrounded by deceased loved ones and angels, and those angels escort us to heaven. It's always a glorious experience for the person transitioning back into non-physical. Thanks for your question, and thank you to your husband for telling you about me. And by the way, I have a brand new book that's just come out in the past week or so, and it's called Angelic Attendance, and it talks about these 12 phases of transition, what I call the 12 phases of transition. And it's a book that's really, I think when you read it, you'll find it to be very heartwarming, very uplifting, very informative, but it's really a feel-good book. And there are stories in there, several stories in there about families that I helped when they had a loved one who was dying. And the stories, I think, are really remarkable, even to me, and I experienced them with the family. So they're funny at times, they're remarkable, they're heartwarming, and I think you'll really enjoy the book. Uh, Also, if you go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, the 12 faces of transition are there. On the site, they're free. You can download them. And if you have anybody who is experiencing the dying of a loved one, they have a loved one who's dying or has recently lost someone, you may want to print off those um, different graphics for the 12 phases of transition and give it to them. Because I find that when I work with families and I give them those graphics, they pass them around to other family members and it creates such comfort and such a sense of peace for the family that's left behind or the family who's going through the the dying process with their loved one. It's just it's just very comforting. So give those a look and just remember if you're going through it now or when, because we all will eventually go through this with a, a loved one or a friend or ourselves. Eventually, we're all going to go eventually. Um, remember those graphics, and, and you may want to get the book. Just go to AskJulieRyan.com. There's a link there, and you can get it, for, get it through there. It's in paperback and in ebook format. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth bedding. I love them and so will you. Also, we do this show every Thursday night, everybody, and it's uh, at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. That information you can find in a multitude of places. First of all, on my website, AskJulieRyan.com, down at the bottom of the homepage. If you scroll down, you'll see all this call-in information. Secondly, wherever you download podcasts, it's in the body of the description about the show down at the bottom. You'll see it there. And then also, I have a blog that I release every Thursday morning, and it's in the the email part of the blog. And it's just a reminder to call in or to send your questions in. And then also, when you're on my site, you can sign up for my blog. It's about a maybe 30-second read. I try and keep them to less than a minute 
it takes to read them. And they're all questions that somebody has submitted online and, and then I answer them. And, uh, and when you're on my site, AskJulieRyan.com, schedule an appointment and then we'll have a whole hour to talk about whatever you want. I tell people I'm a, I'm a buffet of psychicness. We can talk about your past lives like we just did with Brent. We can talk about your animals like we did with Kathy. We can talk about your health, your your loved ones, uh, whatever you want. And it's really fun and really informative. So remember that too. Okay, next question comes from Amy, and Amy lives in Lakeland, Florida. And Amy asked, Hi, Julie. I love listening to your podcast and wanted to ask you about my beautiful Chihuahua pup, Lola. Last year, I lost my beloved Chihuahua named Tink. Chihuahua is hard to spell, by the way. I I had to look at that a couple times when I was typing this out. C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A. That's that's a bunch of letters in there. Okay. Last year, I lost my beloved Chihuahua named Tink. I had her nine wonderful years, and I felt so sad when she passed. About a month later, I got Lola. Don't you love these names? Tink and Lola. Tink for Tinkerbell, I'm sure, for this little teeny dog. And she got Lola, another chihuahua, to mend my heart. I felt like this beautiful little spirit picked me, and she has definitely helped me heal. My Lola is the sweetest chihuahua ever. She reminds me so much of Tink. I've been thinking about breeding her. Depending on their size, chihuahuas can be hard to breed. I know people say you should adopt, but she has been mothering this little stuffed animal, and she is just too cute with it. I found a breeder who has a stud that would be a perfect size for her, but I definitely do not want to hurt or jeopardize my baby. I like the idea of breeding her only for her to get to keep one of her babies as a companion for both of us, and my children would get to help raise some pups. I've longed for two chihuahuas for so long, and I wish I would have gotten another one when Tink was alive. I've tried to ask if it's in Lola's best interest to breed her or if I should just get her a companion instead. Can you help? I would love for her to have a baby and then have her spayed. Can you please scan her and tell me what you get as far as breeding her or her wanting a companion? I just don't want anything to happen to her. Thanks. And here's my response. Hi, Amy. I love that you enjoy listening to the show. Thanks for your kind comments. Regarding Lola becoming a mother, I first connected to you and then from you to her. You're right. She is really cute. Based on what she told me, I believe she will be just fine if you breed her with the daddy dog you've chosen. And I believe she'll also do just fine delivering her litter and love for you to keep one if you decide to. Furthermore, I also get it'll be a great experience for you and your kids as well. And one more thing. Oh, oh, I go back to it. So my advice is go for it. And one more thing. Tink's spirit is always around you and will be for the rest of your life. If you pay close attention and stay open to it, you may occasionally hear her or feel her presence. When that happens, Tink's just letting you know she's around. Thanks for your question. By the way, animal spirits are always around us. The ones that are pets that we've had at any point in our lifetime, those pet spirits are always around us. So are our deceased loved ones as well. They're just in non-physical, so we can't see them necessarily with our eyes, but we can sense them with our other senses. And for those of you that have lost a pet, I know you've experienced most likely, you feel like you can hear them. If they have a collar with a bell or something on it, if it's a cat, or you can hear their little feet, their little nails on flooring, or um, you can hear them sigh sometimes. But most people have experienced that, and then we just disregard it, like, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind. You're not losing your mind. Your pet's letting you know that their spirit is with you. And back to the 12 phases of transition, when you go to my site and you look at those graphics, you'll see AskJulieRyan.com, just click on the tab that says the 12 phases of transition. You'll see there is a, an area where all the pet spirits are when somebody's dying. Every pet that person's had in their lifetime is always there. It is so much fun when I'm working with a family who has a loved one who's dying and I'll say, okay, well, like my Uncle Dick who died a couple weeks ago and I was, funeral, I was at his funeral last weekend. 
they had English sheepdogs when we were kids. I hadn't thought of those English sheepdogs in 40 years, if not longer, 45 years, because they had these little, um, uh, what are they, West Westminster Terriers or Westy Terriers or something in the past probably 20 or 30 years, my aunt and uncle did. But there's these sheepdog spirits when I'm scaling my Uncle Dick as he was dying, and I just laughed. At, I just burst out laughing when I saw the sheepdogs because I hadn't thought of them in so long. And one of them's name was Lord Shagmore. <laughs> they called him Shag for short. So when I was talking to my aunt about my uncle as he was in the dying process, I said, well, those sheepdog spirits are there, and Lord Shagmore is front and center. And and it just it just creates some humor and some levity, you know, in what's normally a really heart-wrenching situation. But people love hearing about it when I describe the animals that are present. All righty. Next question. This comes from Sonechka from San Juan, Puerto Rico. And she says, hi, Julie. I did not know my father was going to die the night he did. I kissed him on his feet and let him know I loved him. Did he hear that? And does he know how much we love him and miss him? My nephew was two and a half when he passed and kept saying abuelo, which means grandfather in Spanish, is in my head singing to me. Was that him? Thanks. And I and here's my response. Hi, Sonechka. My condolences on the loss of your father. The reason you didn't know he was going to die when he did is because that's how he wanted to go. We all decide when and how we leave as well as who's with us, if anyone. Even though your dad was already gone, he absolutely knew you kissed his feet and told him how much you loved him. In addition, your nephew was telling the truth when he said your dad was in his head singing to him. He was hearing him telepathically, which is how spirits communicate with each other and those of us in human form. Hope this brings you some comfort. Okay, this telepathic communication thing is not just for spirits, but it's our spirit that's in our human bodies that's communicating with the spirit in somebody else's body. And the Aborigines in Australia, if you Google Aborigines, Aboriginal tribes in Australia or Aboriginal people and Google telepathic communication, they've been doing this for millennia, for, for thousands and thousands of years, oftentimes across vast distances thousands of miles they can communicate with each other and and that's what I do when I'm communicating with deceased loved ones or somebody who's dying or somebody that's very much alive who isn't dying I can communicate with them as well and I communicate with them telepathically we all have the capability to do it for those of you that have listened to the show for a while, when you hear me say, ask a question in your head and preface it with, is it in my best interest too?" the information you get within a second is spirit communicating with you. That's telepathic communication. We all do it. Most of us don't realize we're doing it, but we all have the capacity. The more you do it, the better it gets, the better at it you get. So do it all the time. Start off with questions that don't have that much of a ramification in your life. Like, should I eat this piece of chocolate cake or should I eat this piece of carrot cake? You know, that's not a life or death <laughs> question and answer, but something else, you know, should I uh, jump off this cliff <laughs> or, sh or should I dive into this pool or whatever? Something that's going to have more ramifications. You probably want to do that after you've had some practice. So start with the start with the stuff that doesn't really matter in the long run and you're going to be amazed at how good you can get at it. All right. Next question. This comes from Christine and Christine lives in Boston, Massachusetts. And she asked, hi, Julie, I'm being forced out of my home. I'm fighting, but live with fear. Is it my brother? And how can I protect myself from him? And here's my response. Hi, Christine. Sorry to hear about your family issues. After connecting with you, I agree with you and believe you are in danger as long as you stay in your current residence. I also get, that means I got the information in my head, I have get in quotes, I also get your brother is the issue. Does he have a drug problem? He looked like he had a drug problem to me when I was looking at this situation. Seems like he isn't thinking clearly and has serious anger issues. I think he's 
a drug abuser, and I think that's what's causing his behavior problems. In the short run, can you go live with relatives or friends at another location? If not, how about a shelter for abused women? In the long run, I suggest you find an attorney who can help you with the legalities that come with your home and advise you of your rights. Be smart and remove yourself from this dangerous situation as soon as you can. Good luck. I think follow your gut, Christine, whenever you have that feeling like you're in danger, pay attention to that because you are. So get yourself out of there. Find someplace else to live in the short run. Find a lawyer who can help you and um, be smart about this. You know, don't think that you can deal with it on your own. I think you need to move. So um, good luck with all of that. Thanks for your question. And then this next question comes from Anna, and Anna lives in Melbourne, Australia. And she asked, hi, Julie. My name is Anna, and I'm 24 years old. I'm from Colombia, but I've been living in Australia for a while. My mom loves your program and talks about it a lot, so I thought it would be great to get in touch with you. Thanks, Mom. Three and a half years ago, I had a baby. She passed away when she was three months old. After my daughter died, the relationship with my ex-partner got really bad, and we broke up. I'm now dating someone new. At this point, after all I've been through, I find myself feeling very insecure about relationships and about myself. I don't feel good enough for anyone. I would really appreciate it if you could scan me to look at my energies and tell me if my current relationship is worth continuing. Thank you very much for your help. And here's my response. Hi, Anna. My condolences on the loss of your baby. I can't even imagine what you're going through. One thing I do know, however, is her spirit is always around you. I hope you can take some comfort in knowing that. Regarding your question about whether or not to continue your new relationship, when I asked if at this moment in time it's in your best interest to date your current beau, I got a no. I also got in quotes, that he's a good guy and you just don't feel comfortable around him, not because of anything he's doing, but rather because you're not in a good frame of mind right now. Your thoughts of not being good enough for anyone are affecting your ability to relax and truly find joy. And that's all understandable considering you're in the middle of the grieving process. Something that might help you is to meditate. When thinking of beginning a meditation practice, most of us picture a person sitting in the lotus position, oming for hours on end. That'd be great if anyone had that kind of time. What I'm talking about will take perhaps 15 minutes a day. The point of meditation is to learn to control your thoughts. Few people can stay totally focused while meditating, but what most can do is recognize when their mind wanders and then refocus on the meditation. When we get into the habit of refocusing our thoughts, we can recognize when we're having a negative thought about ourselves or a situation and change it to a positive thought. Eventually, the ability to refocus becomes a habit, a habit that can serve us in countless ways. You're the only one who can change your negative thoughts about your own self-worth, and I truly believe meditation can help you. I really like the Gary Temple Bodley meditations. They each last about 15 minutes, are downloadable and inexpensive. To find them, go to cdbaby.com and type in Gary Temple Bodley, that's B as in boy, O-D as in David, L-E-Y, in the search box. Hope this information helps. Sending big hugs to you and your mama in the land down under. Okay, here's how our thoughts work. Our heads are all like big satellite dishes, and we receive thoughts based on the vibration that we're currently emitting. So, for instance, when you turn a radio station on your car radio or on a radio in your home, you're picking up what's being broadcast along that frequency from that radio station. That radio station has a license to broadcast on that frequency, and that's what your receiver, your radio in your car or in your home is receiving. Likewise, that's how thoughts come into our head. So if you are thinking a negative thought, that means you're at a vibration level that is bringing in negative thoughts. And you know how sometimes when you have a negative thought and then another negative thought comes and then another, another negative thoughts, and it's almost like a domino effect. And before you know it, you got yourself more depressed than when you started with the first negative thought. Well, we can change that 
and do the domino effect with positive thoughts by taking whatever that negative thought is and looking for what's positive in the situation. If you can't find anything positive in that thought and you can't turn it around quickly, then think of something that makes you smile. Whether it's Lola the Chihuahua (laughs) down in Florida or Tinkerbell the Chihuahua down in Florida or a child or a puppy or a field of flowers or whatever, anything that makes you smile, anything that makes you feel good is immediately going to change your vibrational level. It's going to put you in a different frequency, if you will, and you're going to attract more good thoughts. Does that make sense? I hope it does. And it, and what I said to Anna is really true. It becomes a habit. If I'm feeling blue about something, it feels so bad to me because I've done this for so long about changing my thought patterns that I will immediately find something positive in that situation so that I don't feel blue anymore. And it works. And it works instantly. It's free. It's convenient. It goes with you wherever your brain is. <laughs> you can do it any place, any time. And it works great. You're going to be amazed. So when you're, if, if, for instance, you're driving down the road, my husband is just, he's so much better, Tim. God love him. But he, he's just, a, he can have road rage. And he'll say something nasty about somebody that cuts him off or whatever. And so he'll always say, honey, that, that, that guy's wife is probably in labor and he's probably rushing to get her to the hospital so she can have her baby. <laughs> so I've said that so often to him now that he just laughs and he goes, yeah, probably, but he's still a jerk or whatever. And, and so just come up with a story of something that gets you out of that negative mindset. And uh, even if it's something totally out of left field, like, that person who just cut you off, he's in a car by himself, but maybe his baby, his wife's in labor at the hospital and he's trying to get there for his baby to be born. <laughs> That's what I always, I always give people the benefit of the doubt when they're driving. You know, if they cut me off or whatever, I figure they have something going on in their lives and they're in a hurry. Okay, I've been in a hurry driving before and we all have that. That just comes with life. So come up with a story that gets you out of that negative mindset and then have the domino effect of all positive thoughts. And you're going to be amazed at how well it works. With that, we're out of time, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And I hope that you submit more questions online. Send me lots of questions. I love getting them and answering them. And, uh, and sign up for my blog and order my book. angelic attendance go to AskJulieRyan.com schedule your appointments and I look forward to talking with you next week take care everybody bye now thanks for joining us be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at AskJulieRyan and like her on Facebook at AskJulieRyan to schedule an appointment or submit a question please visit AskJulieRyan.com This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.